This episode of the OP Radio Podcast sponsored by HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh. You got to go to HelloFresh.com slash 12OP. Use the code 12OP for this. Ready? 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 12OP. Use the code 12OP. else when they listen to Def Leppard um, and you know you want to play air drums do you do it with one arm or two I need to know do you do it with the one arm to show respect I mean because those drum parts and those Def Leppard songs are amazing but do you go two hands or do you show the respect and you're just pounding away with one arm all right doggy let her be you have a dog? There's someone that hasn't been watching these live streams. Yes, I have a dog. I got a dog for my son's 10th birthday because of the coronavirus. The only reason we have this dog is because of the coronavirus. And by the way, for the people out there that uh, are regulars to the live stream, I got to whisper, but that's the pregnant lady walking by right now. I had a confrontation with her uh, last week. And my dog feels her energy, and he is bothering the hell out of her. My dog actually doesn't bark this much usually, but uh, he can feel he can feel her terrible energy as she now looks up at the house. She's now looking up. She wants another confrontation, I'm telling you right now. But we'll just let her go. Bad boy, what's going on off the YouTube? Uh, Eton Burke, how are you, buddy? Uh, Kevin Kirshner, what's going on? Hey, Hope from Port Jeff, Long Island. Nice. Uh, <laughs> she's walking by. She's, she keeps looking back this way because she definitely recognizes the dog. She was yelling at me because my dog wasn't on a leash last week. And then she, uh, long story short, she uh, she said she had the, the cops on speed dial. And I said, we all have the cops on speed dial. Uh, Peter Nash, thanks for the $2. Asking me weird questions. I I I I don't uh, I don't know anything about Anthony. So uh, asking questions about Anthony, I, I don't have any answers for you whatsoever, my friend. Okay, I haven't seen the guy. And oh my God, we're doing this again, Harry. Harry, he's doing it again. He's got to explain the Anthony thing again, Harry. Get over here. He might say something different this time. Get me my goddamn popcorn. Haven't seen Anthony in almost seven years, guys. Show ended almost seven years ago, guys. Comedy irritated Opie. He couldn't contribute. That's not true, Joe. I even explained that. You know what, Joe? For real, even though you hate me, I would literally, I would absolutely listen to my podcast. I know you probably think it stinks. But I explained all this stuff. I gave a lot of inside baseball in the last, especially the last year, because I had to kind of reinvent the podcast after my two uh, good friends died. But I explained that. I I shut down on that show because I knew those two guys were against me. And I knew they were purposely not laughing at some of my shit. I'm not saying everything I said should have got a massive laugh. But there were times when I knew I was funny and those guys purposely did not want to laugh at me because they hated my fucking guts. 
So when you're in a position where you, you don't feel like you're all on the same fucking team, yeah, man, it would be a tough spot to be in. And and what I was able to prove after the uh, Opie and Anthony show uh, went bye-bye was uh, the show I put together with Vic Henley and Carl and Sherrod and everybody else that came rolling in. I proved to everybody, A, that I was funny, B, that I could contribute on a, on a, on a comedy level. I, I, I didn't have to be the funniest guy in the room, obviously. And I also proved that I could I could take a, a beating, but I couldn't take a beating back in the day when I knew the guys in the studio every day did not like me. So it, you know it comes from a different place at that point. So uh, I, I hope that ex explains that. But Joe, can we move on for real? If you listen to the podcast, you'll get some amazing inside, inside stuff from the Opie and Anthony show. I want to rename it uh, Shock Jock Diaries because I, I broke down a lot of the stuff and I took responsibility for some things and some stuff I absolutely uh, to this day will not take responsibility for. So there you go. This is for the people that watch me every day. That's the really old dog that lives uh, next door. That my young dog, Doggy. Doggy's only, uh, how old are you, Doggy? Oh, wait. No, he was born on my birthday. Holy shit, I should know that. All right, bro. Did Joe come back as a dog? <laughs> Did Joe leave us and then and reincarnate as a dog just to bother us some more? He was born on my birthday, so he's uh, he's pushing almost uh, almost ten months, nine and a half months, and he really, really wants to have sex with the neighbor's uh, dog, and the neighbor's dog is. Uh, can't remember now. I, I want to say like 12 or 13 years old and do the math with the dog years. That's really old. And that dog is really, really close to um, having two little uh, wheels for his back legs. I mean, it's fucking old. And and my dog, Doggy, uh, wants to have sex with a pilot. will jump all over it. He really wants that. He wants that bad. There you go, Magnus. I think, I think this is more than fair. In my opinion, everyone was at fault in some way, but I really don't know if you're on the show. I, I didn't know that was part of this, I swear. I'm reading it cold. Uh, he brought a ton of great shit to the show, and I liked the role he played. I picked uh, I picked Anthony back in the day, and I picked Jimmy back in the day because I, I knew uh, how, how uh, good of a show we could do together. And then, unfortunately, you know, when you're, when you're part of a, a threesome, have you ever had a threesome? <laughs> You're always giving one of them a little extra, right? So I was part of a threesome, and, uh, you know, there's always odd man out. And uh, I was odd man out. And that, uh, that caused some, uh, some issues all over the place. You done, doggy? Yeah, she went inside. You're good. Relax. You got to, like, calm down. You got to play hard to get. Uh, doggy needs a tummy rub. Andy Vala, what are you into, my friend? You should have got a Doberman. I, uh, my, uh, my friend Glenn, who had a really fucking hot mom when we were in high school. So I loved going to Glenn's house. He was also a hockey fan, so that didn't hurt. But his mom was so fucking hot. And she had big ones. And when you're 16, that's pretty exciting. But the other side of that, I think he had a Doberman. And he really enjoyed the fact when I went over his house that the Doberman would scare the shit out of me, like really aggressive. And, and they would try to tell me that uh, it's no big deal. You know, it's no big deal. He's, he's friendly. But I never, ever believed that. Oh, God, no. 
I don't know. When Jim and Sam finally get canceled, would you ever consider having one of them on your stream? No, not, no, 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 thank you. There would be no reason to do that. Did Sam really tell you to leave Jimmy? That point never gets attention. Beautiful view, by the way. Thank you, Salem Paris. That's 100% true. Sam knows it to be true. That whole thing is just like incredibly fucked up. Sam also told uh, one of Jimmy's uh, girlfriends not to, you know, not to trust uh, Jimmy. I believe that was on the show. I believe you can find some audio of that too, man. So when uh, when the coup happened and it turned out those guys were going to work together, I was like, what the fuck is this, man? They don't like each other. Maybe they do now. I have no idea. But that was uh, that was a partnership for convenience because, uh, you know, Sam – Sam could run uh, a show. It's not that interesting. When I used to try to help him, I'm like, you really got to expand. You can't just talk about stupid wrestling and eat nothing but baby food. And then Jimmy uh, had a lot of talent, but has no business trying to trying to uh, be a, a radio show host. So I think they both saw that if they got together, it would it would help both of them. And they put their differences aside. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they were like, you know what? Let's put our differences aside so we can make some fucking cash and, and screw Opie over. So that nah, good for them. Uh, do I feel like I took my career at Sirius for granted? That's a great question. Uh, Baba Ganesh G. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't happy there, but then I got confused by the end because I was really happy. Um, but I think uh, just too much shit happened and too much bad blood with the company. But near the end, when I was working with Carl and Vic and Sharon, I, I also I'm like, God, I'm really happy and I'm enjoying doing radio again. So that really confused me. But to take my career as serious for granted, no, it was incredibly frustrating. They kind of just sat on us. Me and Anthony were we were on a rocket ship with Eric Logan. We were just crushing, and then they just slowly but surely started taking things away from us. They took away that state of the art studio that we really did love that cost something like a something like a over a million dollars uh new cam 73 people watching opie's podcast damn all right i'll take the 73 on the youtube new cam i know you're trying to beat me up but i've explained that one too i let my youtube uh, channel die years ago and i'm trying to i'm trying to wake it the fuck back up uh yeah then the companies merged they get rid of the state-of-the-art studio where we were able to do so many things i don't have to explain that here they threw us in a tiny little studio box like everybody else and then we couldn't just have the um the fans just coming by organically which was a huge part of uh the old version of the show they had a they had to be scheduled in advance, like like a couple days in advance. I'm like, dude, some people just all of a sudden, they, they've been out drinking all night and they stumbled, you know, uh, to our studio on 57th Street and they gave us just amazing radio and they were allowed to watch the show every day. And they're like, well, you could still do that. I'm like, really? And they had this uh, fishbowl. You could, you, could, uh, you could schedule the fishbowl two weeks in advance. Everything was like in advance and had to be scheduled and had to go through HR and all these people. I'm like, what made the Opie and Anthony show so special was how or organic it was at all times. But they're like, you could still. And I'm like, dude, our, our studio's tiny. They're like, well, yeah, you got a couch though. You could put like maybe two or three people on the couch from time to time. Like it's not the same as rolling in bleachers like the old days. 
And I begged them, but they were lazy. They didn't want the people that were sort of babysitting. They were never in charge of us. Uh, the people that were babysitting us, they didn't want them walking from Times Square all the way up to 57th Street to have meetings with us. They, all, they want us all in one, one building. So that sucked. And then, you know, then they started taking away a lot of the bits that worked. And then they, um, you know, then they started taking our, our staff away. Not that me and Anthony needed a huge staff, but uh, compared to Howard, we had a very, very tiny skeleton staff. And they started taking those guys away. And then they started taking our money away. And then, um, you know, it was just a matter of time. So I hope that answers your question. I didn't, I didn't take it for granted. I don't regret it. You know, I, I don't make as much money these days. So that part, sometimes I think, oh, man, maybe I should have just hung on to the show for another year or two at Sirius. Because even though they took, uh, God, I don't know, at least 50% of my money away, maybe even more, it was still it was still a healthy number. So sometimes I wonder that, but I don't know. But that's, uh, I don't I don't have any regrets. Yeah, they kept moving our channel numbers around. I forgot about that part. There were so many other things in there. They did they. We weren't long for serious, but I think they were surprised by our longevity because they knew like the issues that me and Anthony were having. And they were just like, as soon as this thing dips, get rid of these fucking guys. I never felt at home with Sirius. Uh, but with XM, I absolutely felt at home and I loved most of the people that worked there. Oh, my God. Except for the main guy with the bad breath. But can we maybe do that story another day? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, while Opie laughs himself silly, I want to talk about HelloFresh for a second. But Ope, aren't you Ope? Shut up, you're going to ruin it. HelloFresh.com slash 12 Opie. Use the promo code 12 Opie for 12 free meals, including free shipping. I love HelloFresh. I'm on my sixth box from HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking very easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. That's the best part about HelloFresh because when I want to make something, I'm in the supermarket. I'm like, where is the smoky paprika? I need it for my dish. Chicken stock? What aisle is the chicken stock in? HelloFresh makes it so easy. They got 25 plus recipes to choose from each week. There's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And get this, using HelloFresh, it's a better value. That's right. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal without sacrificing the quality. Let me see. I'm on my sixth box. Oh, we finally tried their hamburgers. The kids absolutely loved them. And this is what's crazy. They didn't put ketchup on the hamburgers. That's that's not normal. That's insane. If that's not a good endorsement for HelloFresh. All right, if I piqued your interest, do this. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 12Opie. That's the number 12, by the way. And use the code 12Opie for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com. 
dot com slash 12 opie use the code 12 opie for 12 free meals including free shipping now back to the show is he still laughing we decided to kind of go do some back and forth to new york city that's where i was yesterday and um, instead of turning on the live stream and seeing that glorious sunrise over New York City, I had to get my, my daughter ready for her first day at school as far as going into the, into the school itself. Um, she's been online learning since September with my son, and she's really, really uh, pushed us to go back. So we went yesterday, or I went yesterday, it was just me and her, did a quick trip to New York City back and forth to try it out. And uh, I gotta say, uh, the school's gotta figure it out. The huge quarantine is over. Well, that's a very, very good question, uh, Vincent Scaramuzzo. So we left here, uh, what? What day is today? Uh, today's Wednesday, right? So we left uh, Monday at eight, and we were back in uh, this house uh, last night around uh, nine o'clock. So it was just a very quick back and forth. I don't think the pandemic is over, but uh, the people of New York City have decided it's over. <laughs> yeah. I understand we're like enough of this already and people are getting vaccinated left and right. I heard so many stories because uh, I ran into so many people at the school. Um, people are doing whatever they can to get vaccinated, to get to the front of the line. And some people were telling me they were whispering to me because they're, you know, I'm an older father, so you can imagine my my daughter's uh, friends' parents. They're a lot younger than me, and and I was talking to somebody yesterday, and uh, <laughs> and they go, "I feel really guilty." I go, "Why?" And she looks around, and then she goes to me, "I got vaccinated, and I got both shots." And she's definitely like, "God, I don't want to say her age just in case she's watching this," but she's she's certainly. Uh, She's certainly not in the in the group that uh, is getting vaccinated right now. And I looked at her, I go, you know what? This thing is so unpredictable and so weird that I don't blame you. I, I said, if someone, uh, you know, pulled me aside and said, follow me, I could get you vaccinated right now. I would do it in a second. I said, don't feel guilty at all. I, I said, I'm jealous. I wish I, wish I uh, was vaccinated by now. Greg Hughes, back alley vaccines. Yes, Rachel. Absolutely. I mean, if I could get a dog in a CVS parking lot in Virginia, why not get a vaccination in the, in the, I don't know, in the back of a CVS? <laughs> you know, they don't drop all the boxes off and then they do a little something, something and they give it to somebody else. And then maybe on a Sunday morning as the sun's coming up, yeah, you pull up to a CVS and you get vaccinated real fast. Why not? Oh, did I just get some money? Morley TV, did it even bother you when Anthony brought his 17-year-old girlfriend to the studio? Oh, my God. I just read that cold. Oh, my God. I just read that cold. I told you the other day I read these things cold sometimes. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> there were a lot of things that, that bothered me about Anthony. Let's just put it that way for now. Okay. Um. Where was I? That just threw me off. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't read these cold anymore. I swear to God, I just read that cold. 
I thought, oh, he's giving me $5 off the YouTube. Let me just read his comment. It's going to be pretty mundane. And then it was just an explosive comment right there. Um, that's why uh, That's why I like doing these live streams. I love the podcast, but I love the feel of being live every day because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, this might be a team live stream. You don't know. Or maybe 10 minutes from now, I'm going to be yelling and screaming at somebody. That's what podcasting is missing. Um, so where was I? Oh, my God. You throw me off, you son of a bitch. Uh, vaccines, blah, blah, blah. But um, I think um, my daughter going back to school yesterday was a huge success. Uh, what I didn't like, and this is what I want to get, uh, get to, um, after school, uh, I picked her up. And um, she's got her best friend that she was dying to see. She hasn't seen her best friend in a year in person, although they're they're on their iPads all day long. So I feel like uh, I have another kid because I hear this kid's voice in my house uh, pretty much like six to eight hours a day. So we figured we'd celebrate that they haven't seen each other in a, in a year. Let's go get some milkshakes. Um, the problem was in New York City yesterday, it was the first warm day in a long time. It was well into the 60s. My, my observation is, is as simple as this. People are done with the coronavirus. I feel, and it's based on, honestly, really nothing, just my gut. But somebody told me a long time ago, uh, you know, trust your gut. And unfortunately, at times during the Opie and Anthony years, I, I did not do that. I should have trusted my gut. Uh, but my gut says that it's a little too early to be opening everything up. I feel like my gut says, let's let's give it another month with 2.2 million people being vaccinated every day. You know, you give it another month, month and a half, that's a lot more people that will be vaccinated. It just feels early. Um, people in New York City, I, I think, I mean, the, the streets were crowded. The overwhelming majority of people did the right thing and absolutely were, uh, you know, wearing masks uh, during this pandemic. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? masks did you hear how he said masks i trailed off because i i had a tough time putting the s on the end of masks so everybody in new york city you know they were wearing masks <laughs> oh you get me early in the morning before my brain is not fully awake uh we picked out uh, the Hagen-Dawes store, but then the Hagen-Dawes lady said, we're not open for another hour. I'm like, you're stupid. It's three in the afternoon and it's 65 degrees out. You haven't sold ice cream in a year. What the hell are you doing? Open up your stupid ice cream shop. So then we walked and found another place. And the, the problem in New York, everyone's absolutely wearing masks, uh, but um no social distancing people bumping into you because it's a beautiful day everybody's out and about uh the problem also in new york is that because all the restaurants have outdoor seating that took up a lot of sidewalk space and whatnot so now the people don't even have a lot of room on the sidewalk so they're really up against each other and i did not feel safe uh, you know i i went from this where i see a lady every once in a while that's going to yell at me because my dog's not on a leash and I, I went from that to hundreds of people all around me. I did not feel comfortable whatsoever. And uh, so they're not social distancing. You can, The vibe in New York is we're done with this. Open up everything. We'll continue wearing masks. But I want to go into restaurants and bars. I want to be uh, going to the parks uh, with the kids. Um, 
And my gut just says, man, it feels like a, a, like just a month, a month and a half too early. It really, really fucking does. Brian Bernard, you want me to keep saying masks? <laughs> it just felt early, but uh, my paranoia is on high alert because, you know, we, we're just not used to socializing with people right now. And then we got the milkshakes. I should have read the sign. They had hand sanitizer in there, by the way. And it was one of those giant industrial hand sanitizers with the pump. And I pumped down and it squirted in my eyes. My eyes were burning. And I, I looked at the lady at the at the ice cream shop because I wanted to like lose my mind that I almost got blinded by her hand sanitizer. And then she just points to the sign, the giant sign that says, be careful. This hand sanitizer splatters. <laughs> There's signs everywhere that I didn't notice. But then we decide, you know, let's take the girls with their milkshakes to the park. We walk. And as we got closer, I'm like, oh, my God, this is just a regular spring day in New York. The, the park was packed with kids, hundreds and hundreds of kids in an area that maybe comfortably 100 kids should be in. And I'm like, it's over. New York City has decided it's over. Fuck you, man. It's over. We're not missing another, uh, you know, spring or summer. It is over. Uh, you're gay, Ope. We can't be close forever. Um, hold on. Uh, stop being scared, Bean Daddy Dog Rat says. God, Bean Daddy Dog Rat, I wish I was brave like you. <laughs> God. I honestly wish I was as brave as you, sir. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm in the uh, the older category. I'm an older father with young kids. I really wish I wasn't as scared. And I've said this on the live stream. If I was if I was younger, if I was uh, a good ten, eh, we might even have to push to fifteen years younger. I think I would look at this whole thing differently. But I don't think it's uh, uh, um, out of the ordinary to still be scared about this thing, my friend. If it works for you, great. That was my day. And then I, I drove by, I didn't drive by, I have an electric scooter, which is the best thing to have in New York City. And, and I uh, scooted by Gephardt's on the Upper West Side there. That's why I have a bone to pick with you, Randy. And it looked like they closed and my heart sank and it brought tears to my eyes. I'm embarrassed to say this, but it did. And then I wrote uh, Matt, the, the fine owner of uh, Gephardt's, to see what the hell's going on. And he's like, it's a fucking mess. But he thinks that maybe there's there's hope still. But it didn't look like there was hope when I, when I drove by there yesterday. That was the place I decided to do the, the, the Opie Radio podcast. Because when I decided I was going to finally podcast, I knew I didn't want to build a home studio. I, I knew I didn't really want to be um, in a studio. Bar get parts on the Upper West Side, close to where I live. I walked by it a million times, never really went in it. And I went in one day, and I was like, "God, this place is perfect for a podcast." And they got this glass box that basically sits on the sidewalk, so you can mess with people, and uh, it's like your own little area. It's almost like a a studio without even doing much to it. So I, I asked for the owner, and it was Matt. Matt came up to me. We had a nice conversation. And I go, hey, man, I'm blah, blah. I'm starting a podcast. I want, I want to use your joint. He goes, no problem, man. And we hit it off. We became instant friends. Uh, I did 
I don't know, dozens of episodes from uh, the place with Carl and Vic mostly and a little bit of Sherrod and other people stopped in, other guests like Judy Gold and Tammy Pescatelli and uh, Mike Cannon and uh, many other people. And it became my home base and I, I fell in love with it. It was the perfect spot for me to, to podcast from. So seeing it all fucked up yesterday really bummed me out. Dick Cox just gave me $100 on YouTube. Dick Cox just paid for my parking in New York City yesterday. Gas and beer money. Be safe, Hope. Looking forward to get parts reopening along with the city as a whole. That's uh, Dick Cox Jr. He's a good man. You just paid for my parking in New York City yesterday. You know, it was a quick trip. We were gone uh, less than 24 hours. And I spent, without even trying, $250 yesterday. That's without even, without even trying. It's a couple milkshakes. It was a little dinner before we left yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I got a kid, so we're not going to fancy restaurants. It was a smoothie. It was a little breakfast sandwich in the morning. And then it was the parking. Most people don't have cars in New York City. And at this point, it's kind of stupid with Uber, especially. A lot of times, our car just sits there in my building. And before the pandemic... It was $600 a month, $600 a month to park your car in the building you live in. <laughs> Elsewhere, when you get a condo, they, they give you the parking space with your condo, right? Oh, not in New York. They nickel and dime you to death. So it's $600 a month. That's before taxes, by the way. You do the taxes on that. And um, so when the pandemic hit and we knew we were leaving New York for probably a year like we did, we're like, well, here's a bill. We could get rid of the $600 a month. That's uh, 7200 plus the taxes we just saved. So I'm talking to my friend yesterday. She goes, you're not going to believe this. She goes, uh, so we're back in New York, too. They did the same thing. They took the year off. Chocolate just gave me $50 just to annoy the haters. Thanks for keeping these up. Oh, Chuck. Thank you. You do know the haters are, are an extreme minority, but they have a massive voice because if, you, if you're going to be a hater, here's the thing with hating. Like if you're a fan of mine and I appreciate that, you're not going to start 100 accounts to give me positive feedback. You're going to be like, hey, man, I like what you do, whatever. And you're going to go about your life because like, you're like a normal person. Haters, if they hate you, there's many, many things they do, which is just have multiple accounts and spam accounts and troll accounts, and they just obsess all day and just keep churning out fake account after fake account uh, attacking you. That's why they have a much bigger voice at times, unfortunately. But I know that uh, I know that I got a lot of really, really cool people that watch these things every single morning and enjoy them, and I appreciate those people, okay? But thank you for that, uh, uh, Chuck. I appreciate it. So anyway, they moved back. And uh, they said, you know, for the first month, we figured the weather's going to be weird with the snow and the ice still. And uh, so we decided to uh, get a month uh, in our garage, in our building. Uh-oh, here's uh, Morley TV. He gave me five earlier, and I read his comment cold. Let me, let me, hold on. Let me just do this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to read that. Are you crazy? That was a bad day, though, Morley TV. I'm not going to lie to you. The day that uh, Anthony brought a eugenics uh, conversation to the Opie and Anthony show, I was like, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> what happened? 
this is not what I signed up for. So they're like, so we, we decided to get a, a month parking in, in our building until we decide what to do with the car, you know? This is what those sons of bitches did. Long way to get to this point. They raised it to $900 to park your car in the building you live in. Now, they're in a different building. But uh, I found out it's the same company. So uh, unofficially, I think my parking in my building just went up to $900. This is what's going on in New York City. And I, I, I hate, I hate New York. I hate New York City. I look forward to the day where there's absolutely no reason to be there. I, I can honestly say I'm there for my wife and my kids now. Uh, they were there for me for many, many years, but I really don't have much uh, left in New York City. Um, I look forward to the day where we all decide we're on the same page that we're done with New York City. I'll have a moving truck. I'll be driving um, behind the moving truck to our new home, wherever the fuck that is. And soon as we're on the last foot of land in New York City, I'm going to open my window and fucking spit the biggest loogie ever and be done with that horseshit of a place. And I'll tell you why. Pandemic. Everyone started fleeing New York. I mean, everybody. It They couldn't keep up with uh, uh, the people moving, the moving companies. Some, some people, they're on a waiting list for months just to get their stuff out of New York City. That's still going on to this day, right? So what does uh, New York City do? The people that have decided to stay to try to keep the city going, they're screwing them for more money. Taxes are going up. Maintenance fees are going up. Your parking's going up because now they want to make up for uh, some of the money they lost in the last year. That's the thanks we get for being the ones that uh, stayed behind in New York. So fuck Bill de Blasio and the rest of them. God. Uh, Billy DeTore, your parking is more than the mortgage payment for my stupid little house in Rochester. I, I told my wife, I'm like, this is a mortgage payment. That's insane. And it's not enough. It's not enough. They want more and more and more. How do you do that to the people that decided, you know what, I'm going to stick it out. Crime has gone up. The grime has gone up. I saw garbage piling up all over the place. So the services are severely uh, affected right now. So then, uh, I, look, I blame it on Bill de Blasio. It says mayor of New York City, right? I blame him. Get out of that shithole. Look, Scott Heckelman. I told my wife yesterday. I, uh, I'll, I'll read it. Fuck it. I spoke from the heart yesterday after... I think it, I think it was because of Gephardt's. That really bummed me out to see uh, them in disarray. And then I got to talk to Matt a little more today and see what the deal is. And then maybe I could talk about it. But that's the place I want to go and kind of celebrate with a whole bunch of you guys that are um, that live close. Um, and I do have a beer farm that I collected a long time ago. Trust me, I did not forget about that. Um, I wrote this. Uh, I sent her the picture of Gephardt's. She said, oh, no, is that Gephardt's? I wrote, yes. I said, I have tears in my eyes. I just passed, uh, passed by there. Uh, she goes, I'm sorry. That's so sad. And then uh, I wrote, I can honestly say my old life, the whole reason I moved to New York City in the first place is over. It just hit me. I'm like, there's no reason for me to be there anymore. And it's not that special of a place. 
it really isn't that special of a place. I think it's a, I think it's a special place if you're young and full of, you know, full of uh, the white stuff. <laughs> I think then New York City is a great place where you can party your ass off and, uh, you know, move around. There's a lot of culture and whatnot. But when you get older and you got a family, it's just exhausting. There are people in my building um, I, I walked through. Now, you got to remember, I left a year ago. So we haven't lived there. So that was another bill I decided to save was the Christmas tips. Remember I told you the maintenance charges are like $5,200 and that went up as well. $5,200 a month for maintenance charges. And then the six, maybe now $900 for the parking in my building. So before you even do anything, before you even think about paying any other bills, that's over $6,000. Harry, it's $6,000. Where are we gonna get this money from, Harry? I'm gonna start an OnlyFans account. Six thousand dollars, right? So, one of the things I decided was, you know what, fuck, fuck. I'm gonna save on, uh, you know, Christmas tips. Uh, you know, I'm not in the building. I officially don't live here. So we decided to, like, you know, save a couple thou on the on the Christmas tips. Pay something else off, right? Ooh, I was walking through my building yesterday and I'm like, oh, this, oh, this seems different. And then I went, oh my God, they're pissed that they didn't get a Christmas tip this past year. And we were very, very generous over the years. Very generous. But I can tell and I'm like, it's just exhausting. Everywhere you go, people are expecting you to just hand them money. Oh. Uh... <laughs> you're gonna have to start turning into a cam girl to pay for all this shit oh rachel from minnesota yeah maybe we could hunt down pat duffy's ex and i could get that uh that sex machine she was using and then uh we got a basic thing you know there's uh we have a window problem where the window just keeps popping open i still think they left the window open but um it keeps popping open so now we're thinking that there's, there's a problem with the actual window in the apartment I think two things happened. I think when the exterminator came through, I don't need to explain for the regulars, they understand some of this stuff. When the exterminators came through, I believe they opened the window because of the fumes and uh, left the window open. And then a horrible rainstorm came through and ruined you know, a room we just had remodeled. But ah, what are you gonna do, right? That's not the building's problem. So we've been going back and forth with them, you know, because I pay the uh, $5,200 plus a month for maintenance. So now I'm like, okay, I still believe uh, that you guys left the window open, but now it's looking like there is an app absolutely a window problem. So maybe when you guys closed the window, you didn't close it properly. And that's why it opened again. They told me that it's not their responsibility and I got to find someone else to fix the window in the building I live in where I pay over $5,200 in maintenance charges. How about that? Oh, sorry, Pat. I didn't, I didn't know you were in the room today. I apologize. Earmuffs next time, Pat. Earmuffs. But how about that? Uh, it, it's... I... 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 I I, I, I just can't do it anymore. Living in New York City is exhausting. I go to these uh, houses for playdates. The household's making it over a million dollars a year. And you're going to be like, what? And then you go into their, um, 
their apartments in New York City, and they got like uh, two, three kids living in one room. They got a two-bedroom uh, apartment in New York City. That's what they get for working their balls off and getting to a status where they make uh, over a million dollars a year as a household. Because that two-bedroom apartment is well over $2 million. It's probably close to $3 million. And then if you could, if you could see Central Park from any angle of your uh, apartment, that'll cost you an extra half million dollars for the view. I remember when we were apartment hunting, uh, we liked this one apartment, and I forgot how much it was, but the number was ridiculous. And I finally went to the broker. I'm like, so why is this apartment so expensive? And she's like, well, you got park views. You got park views. And I'm like, where? She goes, well, from this window, you can see the park. I'm like, huh? So then I couldn't see the park, and then she... She made me lean all the way over to the left as I'm trying to look out the window, right? To the north, let's say. And if, you, if you're if you leaned all the way over this way, looking in the direction of the park, you can see possibly a sliver of the park through a couple buildings. And she's like, well, that's why this apartment's so expensive. <laughs> they just are the worst. <laughs> It's all a sham, Michael Long, of course. And I, we really like that apartment. I'm like, you're insane. I'm like, no one's going to pay the extra whatever it was, like $500,000 because they they think they got park views. But for some people, that really, really matters. Oh, I had another lady. So um, I decided or we decided that uh, we wanted to live on the Upper West Side. It felt like the place for us. The Upper West Side is an area of New York that's very uh, – very prestigious for a lot of people. It's really important to live on the Upper West Side, right? So I was looking at apartments uh, below uh, 72nd Street on the Upper West Side, and I just had to say street. Oh, my goodness. So uh, we had this broker, this realtor, whatever, and she was showing us apartments, and I kind of liked the uh, Upper West Side around 72nd Street. She looked at me and said, uh God, don't you know that the actual Upper West Side doesn't start to 80th Street? She was trying to tell me that where I was looking for an apartment was kind of low rent when it comes to the Upper West Side. The people with uh, prestige and, uh, and clout and money, they actually live on the Upper West Side, which officially starts in the 80s. And, and I'm just rolling my eyes because none of this shit ever mattered to me. And uh, <laughs> like, all right, show me some places, you know, uh, in the 80s and above. And she was showing us the same type of places we were seeing, uh, you know, in the 70s. But now we're in the 80s. And to live in the, the real Upper West Side with all the prestigious people, it was going to cost us over a million dollars more for pretty much the exact same apartment. This is the horseshit that happens in New York City. And uh, when I had the high paying job, you just sucked it up and you just, I, I, you, you're just writing checks all day long. I never, I never did automatic pull on anything because I was like, I, I really truly need to know. And man, I would go through checkbooks so, it, it seemed like every other month I was ordering more checks because there was always, always something. And when you have the high-paying job and stuff, you just suck it up. You're like, ah, whatever. We still got, you know, de real decent money coming in. But now that 
our status is different, you really realize what fucking people go through to try to live in New York City. Chasing what? I don't know. I guess you chase some weird dream living in New York City. It's all horse shit. You walk your neighborhood and you got these uh, parking attendants just giving people tickets left and fucking right. Just trying to make more money for the city. Never giving anyone a break. I, I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen... Uh, uh, new mothers with like one kid strapped to her and another kid in a stroller running to her car uh, because some asshole's giving her a ticket because her meter ran out literally 30 seconds uh, earlier. Because these fucking scumbags will sit in these shops right on Columbus Avenue and they'll drink a cup of coffee knowing which meters are about to run out and they'll just sit there and they're watching their clock, sipping their coffee, and uh, coffee, excuse me, and boom, it hit 10 a.m. and they run out and they start writing the tickets. And you see these people running to their cars because they see that the guy's starting to write a ticket. And you, you get into it a little bit and you realize God, it expired less than a minute ago and they never give anyone a break. And I remember this mom with a kid strapped to her, her belly and the, the, the one in the stroller just begging. Because, you know, like they can't afford this garbage. It's like over a $100 ticket just because your meter ran out. And they never give anyone a break. Just to go to New York, I, I realized that my inspection was up. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I don't get uh, a new ins inspection, they're going to get me if I park on the street. Because I'm not using that, that fucking garage and being ripped off. I, I always hated being ripped off, no matter how much money I make or made, I should say. So I had to get my inspection done because this is what they do. So middle of the night, they got a crew. And just go up and down the streets. Just imagine where you live in the suburbs and you park on the street outside your house. And imagine there's a, a whole crew of people that just go up and down the streets looking for people that have expired shit on their windshield. And they're given tickets in the middle of the night, three, four in the fucking morning. That's what this place does. How, do, how does it ever feel like it's actually your home when, when you can't get any little breaks? And then, you know, there's people out there, I'm sure they'll be like, well, technically you're breaking the law. <laughs> Shut up. And I'll tell you this. I got to be really, really careful because I, I, I love the NYPD. I've, I've always, always supported the NYPD. I think they have, they have a terrible fucking job. And is there some bad apples? Of course. And they're trying to figure all that out. But uh, but to de defund the police is ridiculous. Um, so these guys that would walk the streets in the middle of the night to give you tickets and, and look at your meters, they were they were called meter maids. Oh, my God, you can't say that now. With this whole cancel culture and PC culture, you can't say meter maids, but that's what they were. And they were also called, I think, brownies because they wore brown uniforms, right? These guys are such scumbags. And they hire a type. They hire, uh, they hire people that don't give a shit about humanity. They know who to hire because they know these guys are going to hear a lot of sob stories. And sometimes it is a sob story, sure. Uh... <laughs> Dude, do you see how mad you are after spending a single day in the city? Get out of there. Pat Duffy. I love you, Pat. Pat knows. He, he fucking moved to... to a place that's a, a much simpler life. Oh, my God, you're not wrong, sir. So um, they were called brownies. They were called meter maids, and they would walk the streets and just, you know, give tickets all day long, all night long. That was their job. Huge revenue stream for the city. 
So back in the day, the confrontations were so bad. People would people would absolutely fight these guys. Just fucking fight. So then the city's like, well, we love the revenue stream, but uh, these guys are in danger because they their whole job is to be scumbags. So then they gave them NYPD uniforms. Because obviously you're not going to act up uh, with a cop as much as you would with some asshole giving you a ticket because your meter ran out a minute prior. They gave them NY NYPD uniforms. And I've seen this over the years, too. Someone has a problem. They're looking for a cop. They run up to these guys. and like, they're just meter maids with the uniform on. They can't do shit. Don't be stupid. Look, they don't even have a gun. That's what the city did to make sure the revenue keeps coming in. And I know, I've heard from enough of these guys, the NYPD hates that these guys have regular uniforms. <laughs> Pat, you're killing today. It's hard to take a guy serious when he rolls up in a three-wheel cart. Then they got, uh, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, well, I got to say, it, they're, they're, fake, they're fake cops. So some of these like neighborhoods, they they have this whole fake cop patrol, and if if you're not looking closely, you you think it might be an NYPD cop, or whatever. They got uniforms and stuff, and they're like patrolling the neighborhood, and they try to get in your business. And I've had confrontations with those guys, like you're you can't do shit, you can't do shit to me, and they put their hands on their hips and they get mad. One time I even said, look, you don't even have a gun. And he looks down and, and like some of these guys will hang stuff from their from their belts. Oh, I know New York like the back of my hand. They'll they'll hang stuff. Hi, doggy. Here, go eat that. I'm almost done. And then we're gonna go for a walk. They hang stuff from their uniforms and their belts to make it look, <clears throat> excuse me, make it look like uh, you know, they possibly have weapons on them. And then if you look really closely, it's just a stupid flashlight. <laughs> and it's like it's like a, a a case for their phone that could look like it's a holster for a gun. <laughs> These fucking idiots! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I know, Pat uh, Preston. All right, now I'll look at some comments, and then we got to go. I lived in the Bronx for ten years. Now up in Saratoga. Best decision I've made. Get out. Like I said, look, I know my kids and my wife were in New York City for me. And now I definitely could say I'm in there for them. So, look, you know, they did it for me. I could do it for them. I, I just got to figure out what my life looks like uh, moving forward. Not having the big uh, radio show anymore. All right. So that was my day. But I, I, I kind of liked uh, going into the city. It was really, really interesting. I, I liked that it made my daughter really, really happy to go into that school and see her friends for the first time. She was mad because a couple of the teachers, uh, a lot of the teachers really liked my daughter. And they, they were, like, so excited. And they're hugging her. And, and my daughter's like, I hated that. Why are they hugging me? <laughs> I'm like, I wonder where you got that from. <laughs> oh, and a big uh, shout out to Piers Morgan. I should continue, but I got to get the kids uh, uh, online. Um, shout out to Piers Morgan. I know, I know that a lot of people uh, despise Piers Morgan, especially because he's trying to tell us what to do here in America with the guns and everything. I understand that. I understand where your thoughts uh, come from. But I'll say shout out to Piers Morgan today because he just walked off his uh, his 
pretty popular uh, morning TV show in, in Britain because he was getting lambasted by one of his co-hosts because he, did, he didn't necessarily believe uh, uh, the Megan stuff during the Oprah uh, interview. So he's kind of pushing back on mental illness and this and that. And uh, the, re uh, the rest of the co-hosts were just outraged and become, it became a huge thing in, in Britain. And uh, Pierce is like, you know what? F you fucks, I'm out. And he walked off uh, his show and he quit. Uh, I respect that. Because Piers is all about, uh, you know, freedom of speech. And a lot of people really don't know what freedom of speech is. A lot of people want to be able to say whatever the hell they want. And then if you confront that and have a different opinion and you want to push back on what they just said, then they don't believe in freedom of speech anymore. And that's where cancel culture comes to mind. If you have some questions about some of these heavy issues that are going on in our society today, excuse me, you better be careful because the freedom of speech thing is not going to protect you. Freedom of uh, speech in America is in trouble. See, there you go. Jen Fur it's Jen Ferris saying that. Piers is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'll just go with the, the whole freedom of speech angle with uh, Piers, though. And my thought is, uh, I think Piers Morgan should be allowed to say whatever the hell he wants about that situation, giving another angle on things. But that's a scary place to go. Ooh, child. Freedom of speech dead, Ohm, Ohm says on the YouTube. I think it's in uh, deep trouble in America. I really do. People are very, very scared to speak their minds now. Uh, Oprah doesn't stink. I thought... They're praising her for her interviewing skills, and she obviously is a great interviewer. Sorry, Howard. Sorry, Howard. I forgot you're the greatest interviewer that ever lived. I'm sorry, Howard. I'm very sorry I said that. Boo 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 boo. Boo 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 boo.